rub some dirt on the owie. Rub some dirt on it. When you think about mental health, you think about a stray jacket in a white room. Like there's this huge spectrum. And like, man, you even look at Corey Stevens from Taft. He had to get hospitalized and he's very open about that. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. We're in studio today, in person. We haven't had many of these for the past year or so, so it feels good to be back. Well, welcome, guys. This is Levi Lindsay and Nick Staggy. Now, Levi is one of our clients. He works at Kizik Shoes, which hands-free shoes. Represent. He and Nick are co-founders at Mind. Tell us a little bit about Mind. Have at, buddy. Well, Mind is mental health awareness. We have the thought bubble. If you've seen on LinkedIn, people sharing the thought bubble. That's just really a vehicle of saying, I support my mental health and other people's mental health. We also facilitate the sharing of stories. And then we also have monetized through the purchase of apparel to be able to offer free therapy to those that can't afford it. Tell us a little bit more about that. How does that work? So people go buy the Mind t-shirt, This one's swag, on sale, yep. And then a certain percentage of that revenue goes to therapy. Yeah, right now all of our proceeds have been going to funding people's free therapy. Yeah, ironically, we're not a 501c3, but that's really more just a combination of Levi, be, Levi and I being lazy and not wanting to take the time to set up a 501c3 and being held to those sort of regulations. So we set up as a B Corp, and then we've just made a promise to one another that every single dollar that comes in, we turn around and we just buy therapy for people. So maybe at some point we'll transition that over for, for tax reasons. And, but right now, we're, just, we're only focused on helping people and doing it as easy and efficiently as we can. And why? Why did you guys get into this? Man, I've struggled with mental health my whole life. I mean, I'm, I just turned 40 and at 10 years old, I started dealing with anxiety and, and depression. And I always felt like I was alone. I could never share that with anybody. It, there was always this, this heavy stigma around it. Even recently, leading marketing teams um, and managing four or 500 people at a time, I used to carry around poker chips and I would play with those poker chips to help me manage my anxiety and get through those rough moments. It's like a stress toy. Yeah, but when people would ask me, like, yo, what's with the poker chips? It was just easier for me to tell people I have a gambling problem. And I'd kind of joke about it, but I'd never actually tell people, yeah, I have anxiety, I, I'm struggling with depression. And so when Levi and I started working together at, at Vid Army, we just hit it off. There, there's something about Levi that, that is very welcoming and inviting. And I knew, wow, I can, I can talk about this and not feel guilt and shame, even as the CEO of his company. And as we started talking, it started feeling better. And it, you, you, know, you were able to kind of feel suddenly like someone else was wrapping their arms around you and, and that you didn't have to be ashamed to deal with those things. And at that moment we said, geez, if this works for two of us, maybe this works for a larger community. How, how, do, we, how do we start shifting the mindset? And so you, Mind was born. So you guys met at VidArmy. Well, he started out as a client. And then I was like the whiny client who was, I love you guys, but you should be doing these things, these things, these things. Okay, so, so Levi is co-founder of VidArmy, right? Yeah. 
and Nick is a uh, is a client of VidArmy. Yeah. Okay. And then the first time we set up lunch, I totally spaced the dates and uh, I ate alone. It was cool. <laughs> he ate alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, if if we can make it through that, we can make it through anything. That's so right. <laughs> we ended up rescheduling. And we he had, forgave you. yes, we had our first bromance date and then the bromance blossomed from there. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's exactly how it went. Uh, yeah. And then, and then Nick really became a mentor. Starting a business is hard. And that's really where my mental health, mental health really became on the forefront of my mind was founding a business. And Nick was always there to support me, talk about my mental health. And then he's just genius when it comes to business. And so it, it just became this natural flow. And, and then it, when we brought him on as CEO, it was like, well, no brainer. Okay, so, you, so you're running the company, but now you're facing challenges that come with running a company. And because Nick, you've you know, dealt with this for many, many years, sounds like you had more experience in it and were able to kind of give some, some guidance to Levi. Is that right? Um, Mostly, I think it was more that we balanced each other. Okay. Levi had a bunch of experience being an entrepreneur. I did not. I've just been an entrepreneur my whole life. I was the guy who always came into big companies and built new departments or new teams or tackled special initiatives. So I operated those businesses as if it was its own business, but it was under the construct of a larger organization. And so it was a learning curve for me stepping in actually being that close to being an entrepreneur and learning. So it was, it was good because Levi brought that, that experience as an entrepreneur and I brought the experience as an entrepreneur in big businesses going like, yeah, but we could do it like this and, and how do we work together? And, and I think that's part of the magic that happened between me and Levi. Got it, so you guys hit it off and then you recruited Nick to come be the new CEO and to run VidArmy. Yeah. Well, I I'd called him for advice one day and and he was like, are we flirting with me coming on as CEO? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> and he was like, I'd be interested. And I was like, we'd be interested. And then it just evolved from there and we brought him on. And Now, now up to that point, you had been the CEO, correct? I, we didn't really have a CEO. Okay. But the founders, we were small team, 15 or so. I think before you came on, we were probably around 10. And what, what went into that decision to bring on a CEO? I think we just, we really wanted to grow bigger than we were and we weren't looking to have it be a slow burn and Nick had the experience and his advice was always so sound. We just wanted more of it on a, on a daily basis and we wanted him hands on. And then when he came on, we saw the fruits of that quick. I mean, he quadrupled revenue within the first month with some of the processes, pricing changes, commission structures. He just overhauled everything and we immediately saw the results we wanted to see. The great thing about, about VidArmy was it, it was a great idea. You know, it, you drive down the street and you're like, who needs video? And the answer is everyone. And then you're like, great. Who could value from having a video like Squatty Potty? Squatty Potty and you're like, everyone. And then you ask yourself, who can afford that? And you're like, okay, not that many people. So there's this massive need to create video in, a, in an affordable way. And VidArmy hit that. And they, they, they were there and they were ready for it. All I did was come in and put some structure around it. But, but that's where my experiences helped, is I was able to just see the puzzle pieces as they lay and what they should have looked like on the box. And we started, you know, we got to work. 
So at VidArmy, you're focused on kind of the, the entry-level budget video offerings for businesses. How did you get from that to where you're at today with Mind? Well, I think, so December is where Mind was really born. And I would say that that was at the peak of Nick and I's crux in, the, in, in scaling the business. We were kind of at this, this inflection point where we had, we closed Amazon, we closed the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we were as starting, clients. As clients. So we're starting to get these bigger clients. Our revenue had grown fast, which created a lot of growing pains. And so we're at this crazy inflection point. And so I would say, and you can back me up on this or not, but I think that was when we were kind of at our peak of our, our mental states were being flexed quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. There was, there was a whole lot that was going on personally and within VidArmy. And then I had been a contributing partner with Forbes and they had talked to me about, hey, you're, you're being vocal about mental health. Maybe we kickstart something. We, we can support you. What does this look like? And I remember we were at a shoot for Amazon and I had to step out to jump on a call with Forbes. And I'm like, you know, we just need an easy symbol to help people recognize I'm a mental health advocate for myself and for others. And maybe we do an emoji. Maybe it's the thought bubble emoji. And it was like, oh, I pulled Levi aside. And I'm like, I think we might have something here. And we made t-shirts and we filed as a business and then we did nothing. We literally did nothing. And one day I was sitting at home. I think it was a weekend. I'm sitting at home and I'm like, this idea is good. We should do something. We just need to build publicly, right? We need to, we need to build openly. Otherwise we'll never actually prioritize building it. So I posted a picture of me and Levi on LinkedIn under mine's account. And we had two followers me and Levi. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I mean, that sucker, like tens of thousands of views, hundreds of comments, our inboxes were just flooded. And we're like, holy crap, we hit something. Okay, maybe we should build a website. Maybe we should like get an idea of how we're going to make this work and what we're going to do. We really had nothing other than we've found value in talking to each other about our mental health. And maybe there should be a symbol to do this. I mean, that literally was about as baked as our plan was when we launched on LinkedIn. And everything after that was, we'll just figure it out today and tomorrow and the next day. And, and so as this happens, you guys put it out there and you start seeing the, you know, the counters go up on the views and everything else. And you're like, whoa, there is an appetite for this. What kind of went into to the next decisions of, uh, if I understand correctly, eventually you guys left VidArmy. Now you're you're focused on growing mind as as well as y you guys each have kind of a, I guess, a bread and butter type gig right now yeah. as you're building mind. Levi's at Kizik and then Nick, the, the grounded company yeah. doing some branding stuff, right? Yeah, partnering with you guys on quite a few clients. So loving it. So talk to me about that decision, uh, you know, what goes into leaving VidArmy to go do these other things? Man, there's there's a lot that goes into VidArmy, and frankly, they're just things I can't talk about on a podcast publicly. I, don't, I mean, I, I made a lot of mistakes, and you know, you grow a company, and things change, and people change, and and direct people wanting to take the company in certain directions change, and I think it just became clear, just speaking for myself, this isn't the situation the company and the people I want to grow with anymore. 
and it was just, it was time. It was time to say, this is a great education, time to go put this education to work somewhere else. Got it, how about for you, Nick? Yeah, for me, it goes back to, I've been that entrepreneur forever, uh -huh. and I got a taste of being an entrepreneur, and I just thought, it's now or never. It, it's time to, to make this leap and place a bet on myself. And it's easy to place a bet on yourself when you walk into this existing company and you're like, if it fails, it's not necessarily me. You know, it's the company. If it, if I need resources, like, you know, I worked for GoPro. Like, we have we have cash. We can we can pull resources. We can hire people. We can do these things. Um, it's different to really place that bet on yourself. And based on the experience at VidArmy, I I'd had, I just realized, I, I can't be afraid of failure anymore. I can't be hesitant to chase my passion. And quite frankly, it really helped me realize I want to work for myself. And so we, we made that transition and I, I wish VidArmy nothing but success and, and happiness, but now So VidArmy was a on, taste of that, but now you want like the, the full experience. Yeah, yeah, and so it's funny because I've had the Grounded Company on LinkedIn for 10 years. And I would always pick, a, I'd pick up a side client for like, six months and then I'd go two years without anything. And then I'd pick one up for a few months and I'd go without it. And I, I finally just said, I, I gotta go for it. And I, I, a little bit the same with Mind. I made an announcement on LinkedIn. Hey, I'm doing the Grounded Company, taking a couple of clients. If you know anybody, let me know. That's the only outbound I've ever done. And everything else has come inbound and through relationships and partnerships and we're, we're off to a heck of a first year and we're having a bunch of fun. And I credit a lot of the growth and, and learning to the experiences I had working with Levi. I, I learned a lot about what to do. He, he will always say, and I learned a whole lot about what not to do. But, <laughs> but you know, most, most people don't make a business last six months, let alone three years, and are landing clients like Amazon and uh, the LDS Church and I mean, we had, we had some massive clients doing small scale projects, but we were growing and we were expanding. And so as many things as maybe he wants to claim he did wrong, he did a whole lot right. And I learned a bunch from it. That's awesome. Let's shift gears back to the mental health yeah. side of things. Now having, you know, Nick, you mentioned that throughout your life, you've experienced mental health challenges and struggles. And so I'm sure you've learned many tools and, and things to do and how to deal with that. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, for those of us who, who don't understand or don't know what to look for, what to recognize. Once you do recognize that, that something's off, how do, you, how do you take action and do something about it? Talk me through some of that. Yeah, I think every person is so different. What, what's interesting is maybe the reasons that I'm struggling with anxiety and depression are different from the other person, but the feelings that we share are similar. And I'm no trained professional. I, I don't, that stuff scares me actually, because I, I don't want to give bad advice. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think that actually helped us unlock something that was really powerful, which is in order to have that conversation, one, the person who's struggling needs to feel comfortable with the person that they're communicating to. And that takes trust and some courage. And then two, there's a whole bunch of responsibilities for the person on the other side of that conversation. 
And because we suddenly were on the other side of this conversation, receiving an influx of like, I mean, we, I, I had phone calls with people telling me I'm sitting here contemplating ending my life right now. That's scary. And you know, you don't want to give bad advice. So I didn't give advice. And what we found out is that's actually really helpful. Levi's heard this story a bunch, but it's white men can't jump. It's a great movie. Woody Harrelson's laying in bed and his girlfriend says she's really thirsty. He gets up out of bed and he goes and he gets her a glass of water and she gets super mad at him. He's like, you told me you were thirsty. I got you a glass of water. She's like, no, I, I just wanted you to ask me, what does it feel like to thirst? Like, tell me, tell me about that. And I think for the person on the other end, there's always this feeling that, wow, I have to solve your problem. I have to give great advice. And the truth is you don't. You just have to ask someone, well, tell me what you're feeling. Tell, tell me how that makes you feel. Tell me why you're feeling that way. Tell me more about today. Tell me what you're thinking about for tomorrow. And you just have an open conversation without judgment or bias or a solution. And what we found is when you do that, it's freeing for the person who's been struggling. It's, it's so healing. And that's when we uncovered that, that's why we were like, oh my gosh, there are people who can't afford therapy. And therapy is really just talking to someone. Like we should fund that. We should make sure that every dollar we make goes to making sure people can talk to someone who's not judging, who's just there to listen. And, and that's really, as I see it, that's the mission behind mind. The, the irony too, <clears throat> we did a Zoom call because there were so many inbound when we launched Mind of people just wanting to talk. And I'm so glad Nick was able to point out that we're not here to help, we're just here to talk and listen and support. And we did a phone call with someone, I didn't know what burnout was, and we were at that peak, like I was saying, of our, my mental health was probably the worst it's been in, in, in the history. And um, she start, started talking about burnout and started describing her experience with burnout. And I just got chills all over my body. And I just wanted to start crying on the Zoom call we were just casually having at our office. And um, as soon as the call ended, I just ran out because I was like, I think I have burnout. I didn't know what that was. And I didn't even know it was a thing. And her describing it just like I felt it in every fiber of my being it ending the stigma sometimes just starts with us chatting about our experience and then having others see a little piece of that in themselves and not that we're there to help but we're here to be that top of the funnel in starting the conversation so that people can go and find resources to get help mm -hmm. and to realize that there is a problem and that it's okay that there is a problem so Part of your platform at Mind is for people to put the thought bubble on their, you know, on, on their social media profiles to kind of signal to the world that, hey, I'm a mental health advocate. Mm -hmm. But what does that what does that mean? So for if I put that thought bubble there and proclaim to the world that I'm a mental health advocate, what, does, what do I have to do or what do I have to be or what do I have to say in order to back up that, that proclamation that I'm a mental health advocate? I think that's what's so beautiful about the thought bubble is you don't have to do anything more than that. There's, there's people, I talked to a CEO the other day of a pretty large organization and he said, Levi, I have, I have bipolar and I don't wanna tell people about it because I'm afraid of what they'll think of me as a CEO knowing that I have bipolar. There's a lot of stigma around bipolar just put the thought bubble 
and don't say anything else. It, it speaks for itself. Let the thought bubble do the talking that you necessarily don't want to do. It, it could be that you're struggling. It could be that someone that you love is struggling. Yeah, I, I think the only, the only requirement is that you, you put it up if you feel compelled and then you're yourself and you're, you're honest with your own mental well-being and you're empathetic to other people's mental well-being. And as long as you do that, I think we could take them. I think that is a, it sounds so simple, right? But that is a major step forward because to Levi's point right now, when you hear someone has uh, battles with depression or bipolar or burnout, you instantly, a lot of people instantly start judging that person as opposed to just accepting that's something they're, they're dealing with. And they can still be a very successful father or wife or mother or, you know, CEO or creative or whatever that they care about, whatever they want to do. It doesn't mean you can't be a successful, happy person. It, it's really fascinating to, to listen to you guys. And I'm sitting here kind of connecting a, a, a few dots. A couple years ago, we did a campaign for a company called Covenant Eyes, which makes software for people who are trying to kick a porn habit. Mm -hmm. And the whole entire premises behind it is that they're facilitating conversations between the person who's struggling and a support person or an ally as as they, uh, or sidekick, I think was the, the term that they, that they used. And it's through those conversations that healing happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm connecting that dot with my wife's cousin is a recovered meth addict who is now very involved in helping other drug addicts recover. And part of this key component of recovery is just facilitating conversations and getting people to talk about what they're experiencing and what they're feeling as opposed to kind of sweeping things under the rug and the, let's pretend like it's not happening, let's pretend like it's not there. And that is exactly what compounds the problems as opposed to just opening up and sharing and talking and that's where, that's where the healing happens. And so listening to you guys, it sounds like mental health has a lot of similarities in, in that just facilitating conversations is creating an enormous amount of, of healing. Is that accurate? I think it is. I think it is. One of the first people I saw start openly talking about it was Johnny Hanna. He's a CEO of a massive company in Utah. And, and you, you see him succeeding and doing things that very few people on planet Earth do. And you're like, well, I could like, if he's dealing yeah, with those he things, struggle. like he's still successful, he's talking about it, maybe I can too. And so I think there's so much value in that. And we're not the only ones that have seen that because you start to see, you're starting to see a bunch of companies come rally around the Johnny Hannas of the world. Mm -hmm. And we applaud them for that. And we think that that needs to happen. Mind is a little bit different in the sense that we want to talk to the marketing intern who's still in college, and we want that person to feel like they can talk about it, right? Because it's one thing to be like, well, yeah, Johnny can talk about it now. He's successful, and look at all the great things he's done, and he's he, proven He's himself. untouchable. I haven't proven myself, and if I'm a marketing intern going to the why, people are gonna think like, oh, that guy can't grow. That, that you know, woman can't succeed. 
So we want to be, we, we want to empower everyone to feel like they can talk about it, not just people who can talk about it and then say, but look at my track record, I'm successful, so it's okay. You know, and I think that's important that we meet in the middle and we, we encourage people like Johnny Hanna to keep talking about this, but we also encourage his intern to talk about it and feel safe talking about it because that's where change really starts to happen. Is it, is it fair to say that, that mind is trying to, trying to apo- approach this problem from a culture perspective in terms of if you can permeate the culture you know, with this thought bubble, this symbol that, that empowers, like you're saying, both the intern and the CEO to say, this is okay. Is, is, that, is that kind of the approach? Yeah, I think it is. I, I think a lot of the generation that raised our generation, it was a rub some dirt on it. Rub some dirt on the alley. Rub some dirt on it. When you think about mental health, you think about a stray jacket in a white room. Like there's this huge spectrum. And like, man, you even look at Corey Stevens from Taft. Mm-hmm. He had to get hospitalized and he's very open about that. And that's, that's fine. Why, like, you have to get hospitalized for a broken leg. It, there's just so much stigma around our minds not being okay sometimes. And we're hoping that it just sparks a conversation of people to be like, you know what, okay, I, yeah, I have had those times. And, or I know someone has had those times and it's totally fine. And you can, you can get out of it or you can live with it and there's hope and there's help. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love the fact that on LinkedIn or social media, I'll have people reach out to try to, you know, they're, they're connecting with me and they're like, hey, I saw that you're also a mental health advocate with the thought bubble. Have you heard of MIND? And you're like, I love actually, yeah, I love MIND. Cool, raddest, raddest movement, like, love it. And I don't ever be like, actually, yeah, I'm one of the co-founders of it. But it's like, yeah, love that you're a mental health advocate too. What's up? Let's, let's talk, right? We intentionally picked a logo that's on everyone's phone. Mm-hmm. We intentionally... Which is the thought bubble, right? Yeah, it's the thought bubble. We, we, don't, we don't want to own the thought bubble. Like, it's, that's not what this is about. This is not about Levi and I taking a paycheck home. We've never taken one cent, uh, and nor will we ever. It's not about us being on cool podcasts like this, right? It's about people feeling like they can be themselves and talk about mental health and be advocates for themselves and for one another. And it might sound really cliche or grandier, but we don't want mine to be about us or any one individual. It's just about every single person who connects on that level. Now, I know you guys said you don't prescribe solutions. You don't try to help. You don't try to fix it. But for our listeners, who, you know, someone out there listening to this is feeling something and going, man, this is my experience, or yes, that's happening to me, or there's something like that going on. Can you at least share some resources of, you know, where can they start? Uh, Where can they start looking for information or start looking for support or who, who can they turn to? I think the first thing is turn to the person who sits next to you every day. And, and talk to that person, whether that's your spouse, a kid, a coworker, a, a friend, talk to the people that are closest to you and, and take that leap of faith. And then, 
you know, there's all sorts of, of resources, whether it's suicide prevention lines or nonprofit organizations, even telehealth companies now like, like Vita or Zenovate are offering all sorts of cool resources at pretty reasonable prices. So there's all sorts of places. We're, we're in the process of revamping our site. We genuinely launched our site like a few days after that LinkedIn post went crazy and we've, we've got other stuff going on. We've never updated it, but we're in the process and that will have a whole load of, of resources where people can just go to wearemind.org and then you're there. We're not you know, specifically tied to any one of them, but it's just good to know there's a lot of help out there. Awesome. How can our listeners stay in touch? You can get, find us at we.r.mind uh, on LinkedIn or we, uh, what's that, an underscore? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We are mind on, on LinkedIn uh, and on Instagram. We are mind.org. Um, add the thought bubble, tell your story, check on a, a friend, even if they're a happy friend. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Appreciate the opportunity to get to know you. And thanks for sharing with our listeners. Thanks for Thank having you. us. If there's something that, that really connected with you, let us know in the comments. And of course, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to harmanbrothersuniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.